How do you build, learn, utilize, and enjoy your money? From grocery store bagger to being an entrepreneur, Daniel Blue shares his inspiring journey of overcoming addiction and starting his own business. Stay tuned to his inspiring story. You won't want to miss it. And for more inspiring leadership podcasts, go to the Lima Charlie Network website at limacharlienetwork.com. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Joe Bogdan from the Llama Leadership Team and co-host of the Llama Lounge Podcast. And I wanted to share with you this amazing opportunity to become a published author and become a fire starter. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Well, it did to me. And joining the Firestarters Book Project was an amazingly easy and fun way to get my feet wet in the published author space. Shay and Christine made it so easy to navigate through the publishing realm and gave me the blessed opportunity to share my story with the world. And they would love to do the same for you. They are seeking aspiring authors like you to collaborate with them. And the best part is that they are going to do all of the hard work for you. All you have to do is commit to the process. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. So join the team by visiting firestartersbookproject.com and tell them Joe sent you. It will change your life for the better, I promise. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out the new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, feel free to connect with me on all the social media links, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And today, our guest is the amazing Daniel Blue. So welcome to the show, Daniel. Shay, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to being here. Well, I'm looking forward ever since we first talked. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. Can't see where, can't wait to see where it unfolds. Let's uh, let's make it happen. That's why I love these podcasts. You never know where it goes. Absolutely, and I got to give a shout out to Travis Chapel and his platform Guestio because that's where we met. Yeah, definitely. If you have a podcast, you want to be on a podcast. Guestio is a, a great place to to connect with uh, a lot of great folks. Yeah. So that's where we met and I highly recommend it to anyone who is in the, in the podcasting world. So check out guestio.com. And for those of you who don't know, Daniel Blue is the CEO of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest debt and make money tax free using a self-directed retirement account. He is also a regular contributor to Forbes.com. And under his quest, under his leadership for Quest Education, he has reached the seven figure mark two years in a row and has customers in all 50 states. Also, he is the best selling author of Blue Print to Your Best Retirement. And Blue is an acronym that we will, we will get dive in and talk about. And you can find out more information on his website at danielblue.me. Well, Daniel, I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? It means everything. You know, they say 
the new currency, the most valuable currency is data, right? It, it used to be oil. I think there were some studies behind that. You know, maybe oil right now, because you go to the gas pump, you're paying like $4 a gallon, maybe $6 a gallon if you're in California. So oil is not, you know, cheap. Um, however, I, I do think uh, data obviously is a valuable currency, but to me, the most valuable currency out there is relationships. Mm. And relationships come from people. And the great relationships that you have with people come from you investing time into these relationships and, you know, really caring. If you think about everything that you've done in this world, that's, that's meaningful. That's great. That puts a smile on your face. You probably didn't do it alone. You know, there's, there's people in your corner that rooted you on that's helped you get there. So, you know, relationships to me is, is so, so important because it's, it's how you can build a business, scale a business, have a great family life, um, and just really find some peace and, and be in a good place with your life. I love that you said relationships because because oftentimes being an entrepreneur, we often feel alone at the top or we feel alone like we're all we're doing this, going through our business, going through life all alone. And so what was so key about what you said is the support component. So was there someone in your life that really supported you and really helped build that relationship with you to kind of mentor or guide you or kind of coach you along the way? So I would say my mom. I'm a mama's boy. So, you know, if anyone listening to this is is a mama's boy or you're a mom and, and you've got a mama's boy, you know, this, this one's going to hit home. My parents got divorced when I was 12 years old. I was really, really close with my dad. It wasn't just a normal kind of divorce. Like I know people listening to this are like, who cares? Like I was divorced or my parents got divorced. Like most relationships end in divorce. But what made my situation unique was my dad moved to Mexico and mm-hmm. he didn't come back. And he left really without telling me why he left. So I was 12 years old and I felt like my heart just got ripped Mm. uh, away from me. And now it's just my mom and I, and not that I wasn't close with my mom. It's just, you know, my dad was my soccer coach. Like, you know, he's, uh, I was an only child and, uh, you know, we were really tight. So when that relationship ended the way it did, it it really hurt me. But looking back and and seeing what my mom did for me was, was truly amazing. You know, I, I really have a lot of respect and I can't believe how so many single moms out there do it, you know, or they're not getting child support. You know, they're taking care of a kid, multiple kids, they're working full time. They're helping with homework. They're making sure their kids aren't you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd or doing drugs. And it was a lot of my mom, you know, she worked all day. So I was unsupervised. I was 12, 13, 14 years old, figuring my life out, right. Bunch of pimples, bunch of hormones, you know, and ultimately I I drifted away and I sought relationships with other people that filled the void that my dad left me. So I started hanging out with other people that weren't really good in my life. But looking back, you know, my mom, she never complained once, you know, she didn't get child support from my dad. I never heard her complain about my dad. She never talked crap about him. I never caught her like one day at the table, like crying because she's so overwhelmed and, you know, she can't do it. Like she just freaking just worked every single day and and never complained and did the best thing that she could do for me. You know, looking back, like it was just really amazing. You know, I, I tried to emulate that today. I truly believe that now it's it's really popular to say like victims mindset and victims mentality the word victim gets thrown around a lot especially on social media but this was you know i'm 
going to be 33 years old, you know, this is over 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, I look back at, man, like she really did plant the seed in me in terms of, of not being a victim and just realizing whatever cards you're dealt, whatever hand you're dealt, like you have to make the most of it and you have to find gratitude in all of the different Mm -hmm. ways, even when things are really messed up. And that's one thing she taught me because, you know, I was able to eventually forgive my dad. He had to move for certain reasons that, you know, he made some mistakes, but I found gratitude, you know, I'm like, Hey, at least I got to be closer to my mom. Um, um, yeah, I didn't have a dad show me how to tie a tie or how to change the oil in a car, but I had a really badass mom that, uh, you know, stepped up and our relationship is is so tight. So that's a big reason why, you know, I pretty much call her every day, even if it's just, you know, a minute or two, because, you know, when you go through battles like that with certain people, um, you come out on the other side with a certain bond. What a beautiful story. Your mom is just such a testament of the growth mindset, right? Like you said, the victim, she didn't look at herself or her circumstance of, oh my God, why me? Why is this happening to me? She really was an example for you, her son, to really propel herself forward so you could then propel yourself forward. Yeah, and, and she did the best that she possibly could do. Ultimately, it it wasn't enough. And what I really mean by that is, you know, kids have to touch the stove and learn that you're going to get burned. Right. Mm-hmm. And she warned me and she did everything that she possibly could. But ultimately, I needed to learn how to fail on my own. And, uh, you know, when I turned 18, I ended up getting a, a woman pregnant. And then, um, you know, having a daughter shortly thereafter, I was addicted to Oxycontin at 18 years old. And wow. I still hadn't coped with my father. I still hadn't found peace. I still was holding on to resentment. So, you know, I masked a lot of my pain by, you know, abusing pills, um, abusing drugs. And for those who don't know, Oxycontin is basically heroin in the form of, of a pill. So it's super addictive. Wow. And, you know, so I was, I was heavily using that every day. I actually wasn't there at the hospital when my daughter was born. And I just remember just like being a deadbeat dad and not caring and just like, you know, just being, being, being an idiot. And I always remember my mom, you know, she, one day she, she's just like, look, you know, if you're not going to step up and be a dad, then like, you're not my son anymore. Like mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with you. And I just remember when she told me that I was like, holy cow. So I think that's just a lesson for any of you that have a friend or a family member. There's a, there's a, a line that you, you have to make sure that you set in place where you have to stop enabling and, and, you know, my mom loved me and, and she wanted to see me do good. So I know there's probably some times where she helped me when she didn't really want to, but then I'm her son. So there's that enabling factor. Mm-hmm. But it, when it got to a certain point, she knew what was best for me was to put her foot down. And, and we have to do that with certain people. And uh, when she did that with me, that definitely, you know, made me realize a few things in my life. I didn't want to lose that relationship. I started making some changes, you know, for sure. Well, it's a hard job uh, for anyone, but specifically a parent when they have to set boundaries down with their children, but any loved one, really, it's it's not easy. So good for her that she had the insight to really make sure that she stopped enabling and uh, put the boundary down. It's crazy to think how my, my parents didn't have boundaries or didn't use the boundaries. And I was 16 and just got a DUI. And had been, uh, you know, drinking daily up until then. So, and you hit the nail on the head when you talk about you're hiding the pain. That's what, that's what addicts do, right? They find something and it could be anything from, you know, 
like you said, pills or alcohol to harder drugs to shopping or gambling or, or anything that you can get addicted to, even exercise to hide the pain. So was the pain from your dad leaving or was it something else? That was definitely from him leaving. I, I just, for the longest time, I didn't know why he left. Mm. Like imagine someone like a parent in your life and you're a teenager and then they just leave and never come back and you never find out why they didn't come back. Like you start to blame yourself, right? Sure, so that's like, sure. did, did I do something wrong? Like what happened? And there was a certain reason why my, my father left and my mom knew if she told me that it would make my dad look bad. So like, that's how badass my mom is, is she did not want to poison me. Obviously it's the truth. So she knew eventually I would f- find the truth out, mm-hmm. but I'm 14, 15 years old. Like I, I don't need to know this information at this point in time. Like I, right. I understand why she didn't tell me because, you know, like you have to have boundaries with your kids. Like your kids can't know everything. You know what I mean? Especially when they're 12, 13, 14 years old. Like they think they're a little adults. They think they should know everything, but their brains are still developing. They're still kids. Right. So you do have to, you know, withhold certain information and, and know when they're mature enough, can they hold this information and process it? So she told me the information at a certain point in time when I was old enough, but, you know, just, just being angry, right. You know, I, I should have sought out therapy, you know, my mom definitely wanted me to go, but I just never went, you know, I, I found independence at a young age. I, I moved out when I was 17 years old, you know, I was able to work for uh, a company doing pretty well for myself. So I was able to, you know, essentially be on my own in, in my senior year of high school. So I never was really able to confront my demons. And, and that's a hard thing for all of us, you know, like right. we all have some kind of demons, some kind of vices, something that's like, you know, they get the good angel and the bad angel, you know, however you want to Satan or God, however you, whatever you believe in, there always is that, that free agency, that choice. Um, and it's, it's a battle with all of us. Yes, it is. And sometimes, you know, we have to hit multiple rock bottoms or, you know, I say for each person, their rock bottom is different than everyone else's. So what was your deciding factor of changing? Was it just the conversation with your mom or did something else happen that really propelled you into making a better decision to say, Hey, you know what? I got to step up not only for my daughter, but I got to step up for me too and get clean. I, I think you just have to have a certain truth hit you. And until you accept that truth, you're always going to deflect and you're always going to justify and you're always going to be in denial. And, and even though my mom told me that, I still used, right? I just would be in my, in my daughter's life, but I still used. So finally, I was able to actually accept my truth and set aside my justifications and my excuses in, in November of 20, uh, 2009. My daughter was six months old and it was actually Thanksgiving Day. And I remember that was a day that my mom was at my house with my daughter and, and my mom was making some Thanksgiving meals. I needed to get high that day. And so I'm calling a bunch of different people to try to score pills. And it's Thanksgiving day. You know, all the drug dealers are having turkey with their families. So no one's really picking up the phone. Right, right. Right. And I'm scrambling, you know, for those who don't know, you know, heroin, Oxycontin, Percocet, all that nasty stuff. If your body is addicted and you don't get that, 
um, in your body, you start withdrawing, you start throwing up, you start getting sick, essentially flu-like symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I got to a point that day where I knew I wasn't going to get what I needed to get my fix. So I just knew I was going to be sick. Like I just knew what was coming. And I just remember being in my car, realizing I wasn't going to get my fix. It was Thanksgiving day. And I made some BS excuse to my mom, like, Hey, I got to go to the gas station and grab a Red Bull. I'll be back. However, I was just running around town trying to score. I just remember getting to the point where I knew it wasn't going to happen. And I was just in the car. It was parked. And I just remember just looking at myself in the mirror and, and reflecting and just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's Thanksgiving Day and your daughter's six months old and you're not even with her. And next thing you know, she's going to be six years old. She's going to be 16 years old. And this is the example you're giving her. Like, you are a piece of shit. Like mm. you're lucky that your kid is only six months and has no idea that you're a freaking butthole, you know, that you're a jerk. Like you need to get your stuff together because time is not on your side. So I just really had just a truthful, factual based conversation. And, you know, it, you have to have those kinds of conversations. And, and unfortunately, you know, the human mind we're wired to seek complacency. Like we want comfort, right? Mm. Like, when we know we got to go to the gym in the morning, but we're under the covers and it's dark outside, it's cold, but the covers are warm. Like we'd rather just chill in bed than go to the gym, right? We're just wired to seek comfort. And eventually you have to just overcome that and just get to a point where you're just like, dude, I don't care how I feel. Like no matter how I feel, I still got to make this happen. So I got, I finally got to that point in, in November of 2009. And, uh, you know, I've been clean since that day. And, uh, my daughter's 13 years old and I'm in her life all the time, take her to school, help her with homework. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a really good spot, but, uh, you know, you, you got to overcome those, those challenges to get there. You know, it brings tears to my eyes when you say that, because I just think about how many times divorced parents or not even divorced parents, parents in general, don't even have the wherewithal to have that conversation with themselves. And they're not on a substance, right? They're just being an a-hole just because that's what they are. And so I love that you really had the time to kind of have that come to Jesus meeting with yourself, right? And really pulled yourself out of that to make a different choice because we all have choices and sometimes we don't see them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, we all have blind spots and uh, that's why it's helpful to have you know, people in your life that love you enough to be direct with you. Really, you have to, you have to make that choice. You have to want it bad enough. And, uh, you know, it finally got to that point for me, thank God in, uh, you know, 2009. So here you are, you're just literally made the decision to get clean. And how did you now then become build this seven figure business? How did that, how did that transpire? You know, growing up, I didn't want to become an entrepreneur or, or I didn't think about being an entrepreneur. It's not like I didn't want it or didn't want it. I just, you know, I didn't know any better. So it's not like I have this really cool Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk story where I was like, I was a hustler out the womb. Um, I played sports, you know, I like to compete as a kid. Uh, for whatever reason, like whenever I did something, I wanted to be the best at it. You know, I remember my first job, I was 16 years old, bagging groceries, making $6 an hour. And I wanted to be the best grocery bagger there was. Like I had to sweep the floors. I wanted to sweep the floors the best. Like that was just ingrained in me. I love playing sports. I love being on teams. I loved winning. I loved rallying the troops and, you know, just competing. So that was me in my teenage years. 
And then when I saw my mom struggle, when my dad left, you know, we had some down times. Uh, I remember a, a year that we lived with a friend, um, you know, we didn't have our own house. We lived in, you know, in, in a spare bedroom. Me and my mom lived there together. Um, and my friend was, you know, blessed. It was fortunate enough. To, and we were fortunate enough rather that, you know, they were graciously willing to let us live with them. Um, my mom and I lived in a hotel for over a month, one year, my, I think this is my freshman year. So we had some down, down moments. And I just remember during those times and after I'm like, dude, I don't want to be broke. Like, you know, I, I don't want to struggle. Like I want to make good money and, and help my mom and help myself and like provide, like I want to make money. So that was definitely part of my DNA, you know, growing up. And then I found sales at 18 years old. I just stumbled mm. into sales and sales was something that I naturally was, was able to make work. Um, but I do think looking back at my childhood, I was training to get into sales because mm. sales is not easy. Sales is competing. Sales is not giving up. Sales is being able to lead other people because if you can lead other people and build sales teams and, and manage people, you can get a lot farther. And plus I had the work ethic where I wanted to be the best that I could be and, and own my mistakes. And that came from sports. You know, I got into sales at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Those years I was able to work for a few different companies and, and move my way up in, in the corporate world. And then, you know, being able to shoot, you know, three, four years ago, get to a point where I'm like, you know what? Like I've got enough money set aside. I've got a good enough credit score. Like, I think I could do this on my, on my own and, and be the captain of my own ship. Like there's just no reason why I can't make it happen. So I think the competitive side at that point kicked in is just like, well, let's, let's see if I can make it work. You know, I, I really believe in myself that I can do it. So I just made, made that transition uh, about four years ago. And how did you come up with the idea to create, I forget the name of the company. Uh, Quest Education. Yeah. So the the problem that we solve in the marketplace is helping people access money in their retirement accounts, penalty and tax free. So you know, I, I was always fascinated by money. Uh, I remember in fourth grade, our, my teacher, Miss Gathright, and and you know, you you have a teacher, and I'm sure Shay, you do, and the listeners do. Like you have that one teacher you're never going to forget. Maybe she was your first grade teacher. Maybe he was your fifth grade teacher. But like they made an impact on you and you're never going to forget them. Um, and that was Ms. Gathray for me. She gave us a homework assignment one, one month every day, open up the newspaper and follow a stock, pick uh-huh. a stock and follow it. And I chose Nike because you know, I'm playing sports. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do Nike. So I got to learn about like a share price and like things of that nature. So I thought that was really cool. So I, I got into financial space over 10 years ago and entered in the self-directed retirement account world where I got to work for a company that helped people use their retirement accounts to invest outside the stock market. And, you know, back in, you know, the, the sales space, I worked for a couple of different real estate companies and I would hear clients saying, yeah, I just use my retirement account to flip a house. I just use my retirement account to buy a, a rental property. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? Like I, I thought an IRA or 401k you could just use to buy Nike stock. Like I didn't know this whole other world existed out there. And I thought you can't touch your retirement accounts until you retire. And if you do access your your retirement account money before you retire, you're going to get crushed in penalties and taxes by the IRS. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. You know, there's IRS approved legitimate ways for you to access the money in your retirement account penalty and tax free now. And for you to use that money, how you want to use it, you know, right? maybe you're listening to this right now and, and you want to start a business and, you know, you just need 10 or $15,000 to start this business so you could supplement your nine to five and eventually 
replace your nine to five and be a full-time business owner and work from home and, and have that freedom that you're seeking. You know, if you have a retirement account, there might be a way for you to access that money penalty and tax-free and fund your business. So there's a lot of cool things that you can do in, in this space that we operate and just teaching people. That's why, you know, part of the name of, of my company is education, you know, is we're here to pull back the curtain and, and teach people what's out there, what exists. So then people are empowered and, you know, they can be confident and capable of making their own decisions. And did you, are you self-taught or did you go to college for finance? Man, so like I, that's another, you know, kind of a tangent topic we could talk about is, you know, being an entrepreneur or starting something, wanting to start something, you know, imposter syndrome is real, right? And, and, you know, realizing like, oh, shoot, am I good enough? You know, these other people are doing it way bigger than me. You know, am I qualified or not? You know, and that's something that I I struggled with before. Um, I don't really struggle with it now just because, you know, where I'm at, um, by no means am I like this big shot and figured it out. But, you know, I've been in business a few years where, you know, I've been able to learn from a lot of my mistakes. Um, But, you know, me being in the financial space and answering your question directly, you know, I didn't graduate from, you know, USC or Stanford and get a degree in economics. You know, I don't have a family that came from the entrepreneurship world or the financial world. I just stumbled across this problem in society, in the marketplace, and there's a solution that people don't know about, right? So that goes back to my sales background. Um, But, you know, I've been in, in the financial space in the trenches now over 10 years, and I've been fortunate enough to learn from a lot of people, you know, that have experience in the financial space to learn about 401ks and, and IRAs and, and the, the IRS code. Uh, a lot of this information is public stuff. Like it's public information. It's not like you have to go give Harvard 50 grand to learn this. So a lot of it is putting in the work and, and learning it on your own. I'm a college dropout. You know, I dropped out in college at 18 years old because I was told I needed to go to college. Society mm-hmm. told me that, mm-hmm. but I, I realized that college wasn't for me. And that's a beautiful part of, of this country. And in a lot of places in the world is some of the most successful business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have college degrees. You know, I have people that work for me that have college degrees. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, you know, don't ever feel like you can't do something because maybe you don't have the credentials. Now, at the same time, you know, I'm not saying, hey, Shay, I'm a CEO of a company and I'm in my mom's basement and I have no employees, but I set up an LLC and I put CEO on my Instagram. So I'm a business owner. Like, no, like you do have to put in the work and have a proof of concept and actually be able to have results backed up by your work. Right. So there is that, you know, you, you got to prove it. You got to show that, you know, what you are doing is scalable. Is you can duplicate it and you've actually helped people. Um, and as long as you can do that for a good period of time, you know, don't let the noise and other companies and other people that might have more experience than you hold you back from taking action because we all have to start somewhere. Well, I, this is why we're kindred spirits, Daniel, because we're both same on, so much on the same page about this. So if you're listening to this and you're maybe in that mid stage of life where you're questioning your career and you're like, oh, what, what's next for me? Is there something more meaningful? You heard what Daniel said, you, the imposter syndrome is going to show up, right? And for me, that I coach in fear, I coach my clients through fear. It shows up constantly in some people and it will show up to where it's trying to stop you because it's a new thing that you're doing. Entrepreneurship is might be new for you. It's risky, right? And so if you're listening to this, what Daniel just said is that it's okay 
to still move forward in little steps when that imposter syndrome shows up. And it's apparent that it's paid off for you. And so many other entrepreneurs out there, it's paid off is to step out of that comfort zone, push past that imposter syndrome and keep going. So along the way, was there a time where you were like, you know what? I think uh, I have hit an obstacle. I've invested in myself with all of the tools and resources out of there. And it really helped you go, you know what? I know that there is something here that is not just beneficial for the marketplace, like you said, but it really goes a little bit deeper and it hits the greater good of the world and and the country, but also the world. Stepping outside my, my shadow, my comfort zone, my shell, I guess, probably my shell would probably be the, the way I would answer that question. Um, you know, social media isn't something I really love just being transparent. You know, if I wasn't a business owner, I wouldn't be on social media. If I wasn't a business owner, I would not have wrote a book. I wouldn't be contributing to Forbes if I was an entrepreneur, but basically if you're a business owner and it's 2022, like you have to have the presence, like people have to be able to find you, especially if you have a message that you truly have conviction and you believe in, right. And your product or your service can solve problems. So you know, you have to push past that. Right. And and that's why, you know, I've got a podcast called how winners win, you know, I've got my book, you know, but in a perfect world, not a perfect world, but if it was my way, like I would just be in the office or traveling to different events and doing business development and just being in the trenches with my team or, you know, building my business and, and, you know, doing some networking and events and not do any of that, you know, social media videos, content, podcast, you know, cause it's not, it doesn't really push my buttons. It's not something I enjoy doing, but that's life, right? Like my, the other day, my daughter was just like, dad, like, you know, she's in, in you know, seventh grade. She's like, dad, they're having us do this stupid math. Like, and I forgot what she told me. She's like, it's like pi squared and like, Dad, like, when am I going to have to do this in real life? Like, are you going to, do you do this at your job? It's like, no, dude, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, and, and Bella, like probably most of the stuff in school that they teach you, mm-hmm. like you're not ever, ever going to use in real life. Like, I'm sorry to tell you that. However, what this is preparing you to do is there's so much that you're going to have to do that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what school is teaching you. It's that habit of just doing stuff that you don't want to do, but you got to do it anyways, right? I want to grow my business. I want to acquire more clients. I want to hire more employees. I want to pay them more. Okay. If I want to do all of those things, then I have to do some things that I probably don't really want to do in order to get the result. Um, you know, so that that's what I have to share with the world. And, and those are things that I'm really not comfortable, nor do I really want to do it. However, I know it has to be done to fulfill the mission. And, and that's what matters. Well, and that's what, the mission is right. Your mission is the impact and you're doing it in all these different ways, not just with your business, but you're doing it with the website. I mean, with the podcast, but you've also written this book and I know that it's blueprint. So for your retirement, but blue is an acronym. So can you kind of go into more detail on what that, what that was and what your writing process was like? Yeah. So, so the premise was, you know, we've got over a thousand customers in all 50 states. Everything we do is over the phone and helping them access their retirement accounts penalty and tax free. We open up what are called solo 401ks for people. So we service entrepreneurs that um, can open up a solo 401k with our help. 
um, so they can access their money penalty and tax-free and they could use that money to pay off high interest rate debt. They can use it to invest in their business. They can use it to invest into real estate, crypto, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so everything we do is over the phone and we spend hours with our customers and, and teaching them all this. And I was thinking, man, we, re- we do really give these people a blueprint to, to execute and, and accomplish their financial goals. It would be really cool to show this to the world and, and show people the game and, and have them be able to see it for themselves without having to spend hours on the phone with them. And what if they don't end up on the phone with my team? Like, I love for them just to pick up a book. The problem with the financial space in these books, Shay, is these books suck. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it because I read a lot of these books. They're long. Mm-hmm. They're hard to understand. A lot of the, the lingo goes over people's heads. Like, it's just really dry. And like, I'm wanting to help like the average American, right? You're working nine to five, you're married, you got kids, you got to, you know, help them with dinner, take them to school, take them to practice. Like you're busy. And maybe you got this side hustle that you don't got time to watch YouTube for 10 hours to learn about retirement accounts and you know, all this stuff. Like you're really busy, but you got some problems that you want to solve. And we might be able to solve them. However, you just need to know about it. And that's why I wrote the book in the sense of I wanted the book to be something very easy to digest, relatively short, easy to connect the dots, you know, and someone that's, you know, 48 years old, that's been in the workforce for 15, 20 years that knows a little bit about 401ks and IRAs, but not a whole lot, you know, just doesn't have the time to put into the financial space. And I wanted them to be able to pick up this book and the concept behind blue and the acronym is, you know, build your money. And and let's just say you've been at corporate, you've been able to build up a 401k or an IRA over the years. Okay, great. Well, let's learn about this money. And, and let's teach you about this money in a very short time frame, so you're not getting overwhelmed. And, and it makes sense. Let's show you how to utilize this money. Again, most people work their whole lives, and they don't think they can touch their retirement account until they retire. That's not true. So let's teach you how to utilize the money that makes the most sense for you. And then enjoy your money, right? Like build, learn, utilize, enjoy. Like that's why we live to make money, right? We want to enjoy it, right? Like we don't take the money with us when we die. So we want to enjoy it for, for while we're here on this earth. And then obviously, you know, if it makes sense, you know, you want your family to enjoy the money, you know, and, and pass it on to somebody. Maybe you're like, nah, I don't want my kids to be, live off my money. I want to donate this money to charity. Okay, cool. Right. But like, it's your money, you get to choose. So it just comes down to again going back to being empowered and, and knowing, um, and, and that's why I wrote the book. So basically, if you want to access your retirement account penalty and tax-free, you can pick up the book. It's a very short read and you can immediately take action with what you learn. And it's not going to be really confusing. I love this because it's also creating a space, safe space for, you know, for one, for them to contact you, but also for them to to find their own financial planner and not everything is focused on around you and your business. It's a gift to everyone who reads it because they can do with it what they want. For sure. You know, maybe it's going to improve the relationship with their financial advisor because now they're going to have more information and more questions to ask. You know, a lot of financial advisors, they're not there to really explain things to people. You know, they just invest their money, maybe send them a birthday card, 
maybe talk to them once a year. Do you right. have more money to invest? Okay, great. Let's buy some more stock. And you know, that's about the extent of the relationship. And if you don't ask questions, it's not like they're forthcoming with the information. And I'm not saying that to like, you know, talk down on people and harp on it. That's just a model. These companies are billion dollar companies. Like right. you're, you're just a, you're just a name, right? You're right. just a number, not even a name. Yeah. You're just a number. And a lot of times, if you don't have enough money in your retirement account, they really don't have enough time to pay attention to you. They're over here dealing with this other person that has a million dollars, you know? So, you know, there's just a, a big need for like working class Americans that, you know, don't get a lot of love from Wall Street in the financial space. Uh, so this is definitely a book to, you know, give, get them some more knowledge, get them some more control. And then a lot of times you can pick up the book and figure it out on your own. Or, you know, like you said, they can reach out to me from the book and, and get some more handholding. It's kind of like LegalZoom. You can go to LegalZoom and set up your own LLC and figure it out on your own. Or, you know, you could, uh, you know, work, work with uh, someone that's been there and done it, has some experience. I love it. And I love that you have the acronym for it. I'm all about acronyms myself. So it's build, learn, utilize, and enjoy. So how do you enjoy what you have done so far? So that's a good question. It, it definitely changes, you know, you know, I was joking with my, my wife the other day, my daughter's 13. And I remember like it was yesterday when she would, when I would come home and it was, you know, daddy, let's, let's play, let's watch the Disney movie and let's hang out. And now I'm like, you know, the most annoying person in the room, like, you know, I'm, I'm freaking chopped liver. She wants nothing to do with me. Now she needs a ride. Right. Or if, I, if something needs to be bought on Amazon, like I'm her best friend. Right? <laughs> so just adapting through that, you know, finding my place, you know, in terms of how I can still support her and teach her how to be a good human, you know, so enjoying whatever time I get with her, you know, then my wife and I, we like to travel. We like to, to, to hang out. I, I love playing sports. I like to read, you know, I like, to, I like to play golf when, when time permits. Yeah. The gym is my sanctuary too. You know, this, this is a crazy time that we live in and it's probably not going to stop anytime soon because something else is going to happen. And that's where you got to have some kind of sanctuary in your life, like some kind of peaceful place that you can kind of recalibrate. So for me, you know, definitely uh, the the gym is and exercising is is a, a place where I spend some time too. Well, have you found that throughout your uh, lifetime of being an entrepreneur that there is a moment where you're like, I've worked so hard that now I have to really add in self care, or maybe you added it in all the way along, but at some point you find yourself almost working too much, almost burned out that you have to add in that enjoyment piece. I think it's all about your your habits um your routine and i've always just known that like that's where i perform at the best is when i can do certain things that make me happy playing soccer like i'm on a soccer league like that that makes me happy if i have to leave work that day to go play soccer that's not the end of the world right like that's the beautiful part about being a business owner is mm -hmm. i can work sunday morning if i want to i can work saturday night if i want to so you know the work has to be done no matter what but i have to make sure that i'm in a good spot you know my my grandpa he's 95 years old and and to this day we still joke with each other like he's just like are you taking care of number one and when he, what he means by that is am i taking care of me yeah right I, i'm number one and not that that's this selfish way where it's like, I'm all that matters. It's like, dude, you got to take care of yourself first. Because mm -hmm. if you're not in a good spot mentally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, 
if you're not in a good spot, then you can't perform at a high level. And if you're not performing at a high level and you're not productive, then you're letting down other people. You know, you're being negative. You're holding other people back. You're not being the best spouse, partner, parent, employer, employee, like you're letting other people down. So, you know, I, I do do the best I can to just focus on me to get what I need to get done. So then I can, you know, be, be optimized and, and perform at a good, good, good level. What amazing influence he has been to take care of number one, you know, that you invest in yourself first and then it naturally overflows, which is kind of the premise of this whole show is that you've hit an obstacle and you invest in yourself and it naturally just overflows. And I feel like so many people forget, I included forget because I, my, was influenced by my dad who was a workaholic and entrepreneur and had multiple things going on, multiple businesses going on. He, for, he just worked and he forgot to invest in himself. He forgot to take care of himself. And I am so guilty of that. So I love that you, you bring that up. And it sounds like your grandfather has influenced you all along to continue to do that. He has. He, uh, he's a stubborn guy, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's worked out good for him. You know, he has his routine. He doesn't want to get off of it. He likes to have ice cream a few nights a week. And my 94 year old grandma that's, uh, detoxing all the time and juicing all the time and eating healthy mm-hmm. gets on him and he's too stubborn to quit. But you know, he's 95 years old and he's in great health. So it's working for him. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's maybe a lesson in all of us that we're just too stubborn to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, I just have a few more questions. But Daniel, this has just been such an amazing conversation. So thank you so much for your time for being here. Uh, what What do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? You know, I do have a soft spot for the youth because I can relate, right? I remember what it was like being 15 years old you know, drinking, smoking weed, ditching school, not having supervision, mm-hmm. you know, ma- making life kind of hard for my mom. I, I remember, you know, what it was like, even though it was so long ago, you know, I've, I've got certain memories that I'll never forget. Um, and I know there's just so many other kids out there that are in the same boat, you know, right. that are missing a parent in the home, or maybe they don't have any parents and they're in foster care, or, you know, living with their grandma. There's just a broken foundation, a broken home. Um, and my passion is, is sports. Like I love sports in, in that respect because it was a gateway for me. So, you know, I love playing soccer. I love basketball. I, I'd love to have, you know, this, this really big foundation, this really big complex where, you know, I can have a bunch of different fields, soccer fields, basketball courts and hire a bunch of coaches and have a bunch of youth leagues and really target the youth to get them finding that, that path, because sports is a great way to teach you discipline, teaches Mm -hmm. you authority. You got to listen to your coach. You got to follow the rules, gets you structure, discipline, helps you build habits, helps you learn how to lose, learn how to win competing. Like there's just so many things that uh, have helped me because of sports. Um, But I just know a lot of kids just lack the resources and the opportunity to, to find themselves in, in that position. So Definitely would love to have something like that set up in the in the near future. Well, I have no doubt that you will make that happen. And it sounds like it might be even another book for you. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. That's for sure. Well, uh, how can people connect with you? We mentioned your website before, but what social media, where can they buy your book? All of those things. Yes. My book could be found on, on Amazon and then I'm pretty consistent on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but if you go to DanielBlue.me, 
as Daniel Blue, just like the color.me. It's my main website. And there you can get the the link to the Amazon book. You can listen to it on the uh, on the way to your, your job or your um, walking your dogs. So you can get the book on audio. You can have the, the book physically shipped out to you or you can do Kindle. So those are options for the book. Um, and then it's got a link to my my podcast, How Winners Win as well. You know, we, we drop episodes every single week and we're on all the different platforms. Uh, that podcast, you know, a lot of what we talked about, Shay, you know, we talked about personal uh, challenges and, and, and ways to improve personally, um, also financially and, and entrepreneurship wise. So we, we touch on that, you know, how can we help you win? And then, um, you know, if you have a retirement account and the idea of accessing that money penalty and tax free has your wheels turn in, you're like, holy cow, I didn't know I could do this. Um, there's some information there that, um, that can help you. And then all my social media handles are, are there. So if you just type in Daniel Blue on Instagram or Facebook, if you see somebody that's in Las Vegas with uh, dark features, yeah, it's probably me. <laughs> and uh, Quest Education is that questeducation.com? Uh, it's yourquest.com. Um, is, is the actual URL. Gotcha. Um, and, and that, that website link is, is on the Daniel Blue page as well. Perfect. Well, thank you, Daniel, so much for being here. It was such a, an honor to have you on and have you share your story. Shay, thank you so much for uh, doing the great work that you do and impacting the people that you do. And uh, it was an honor to be here today. Well, and I always like to leave with this last question. So what phrase, scripture, or mantra do you live by right now? Man, um, when I was 18 years old, the very first tattoo that I got was Psalms 23.4. Yea, yeah, though I walked through the valley of shadow of death, or fear no evil for that with me. And I just remember I was at a really dark place in my life when I got that tattoo. And I was just like, you know, this probably isn't going to be the only time that I feel kind of hopeless. And I'm like walking in this dark room and I don't know where I should go, but like, there's a, there's a higher power out there. You know, I'm, I'm a God fearing person. I don't believe in organized religion. Um, however, you know, I, I do believe in a creator. Um, I do believe in God. Um, but yeah, that, that scripture has definitely helped me out over the years. Cause there's just so many times where we find ourselves hopeless is dark and it's been dark for a long time. Maybe there's some rain clouds, thunderstorm, and you're just like, Holy cow. It's like, when am I going to get through this? Things are never as really as bad as you think that they are. And they're never as good as you think that they are. Right. Like mm-hmm. perspective is perspective is everything. So if you can get through that storm, just know that that storm is eventually going to pass but it might be sunshine and rainbows for a little bit, but just know there's going to be another storm on its way. And that's, that's just life. And you just got to you know deal, deal with that and just make the best of no matter how dark or light it is. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's just another reminder that the sun comes up every day somewhere. And so it's just another possibility of a new day of make new choices. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shay. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And if you enjoyed our F this episode, because I know you did, you probably even took notes and want to run out and buy Daniel's book immediately. Please share this episode with a friend. And until next time, let's get fired up. What does freedom mean to you? And why does that matter? I am Jay Lee, host of the Live Free series. And to answer those questions, we are going on a journey with people from all walks of life to discover what it takes to overcome the most significant obstacle on our path, which is our own mind and mindset, and turn it into our greatest asset on our journey to freedom. 
So join me on the Live Free series as we go on a mission to eradicate enslaved mindsets and to foster freedom.